Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, hello, folks. This is an oldie but a goodie. It's my favorite rant, and I like to do it every couple of years. But buying a Coke is exactly like buying primary care. You can get it at the grocery store or Costco for the best pricing. That's an independently owned primary care doctor, an increasing rarity today. Or you can go to the corner store and you can pay two to four times the grocery prices. That's the hospital-owned PCP. And sometimes it's obvious they own it, and often it's not. Or you can get the Coke at a restaurant and pay four to eight times grocery prices. That's urgent care. About 70 to 80% are hospital-owned, and that's even more secret than the PCPs owned by hospitals. And is it really still Coke here forward or even primary care? Or you can get the Coke at the movies. You can pay 10 to 20 times. That's the ER cost markups, often more. You can easily drop 8,000 in an ER in a blink of an eye, a doctor told me who ran many ERs. And my son just checked into one last week and that was about what they paid for a mild concussion. Okay. Every mom who is a doctor knows these facts. She's never going to buy pricey healthcare because it's just dumb. Because 99% of us don't have that basic knowledge where we buy care is important. Place of service is everything. And frankly, your PCP knows your history, so it's not even a horse race. And telehealth makes your PCP able to handle most issues. So urgent care is literally dumb most of the time. It's getting harder to find independent physicians. 70 to 80%, as I said, are owned by the bigs, and Congress even funded the latest buying spree. Now, that's unless you direct contract, like today's guest, where all PCPs are independent. And we know this to be true when independent sell the systems. Number one, costs only go up a lot, at least double overnight. Nothing changes in the way of quality of service, but prices double. Burnout rises, for sure. Medical errors increase, and waste and bloat increase with over-testing, over-utilization. So the meat grinder demands more meat all the time in that world. And referral patterns shift to higher cost care, like the Coke example. The pressure to sell has been 100% government driven over the last 20 years, and essentially has been government funded. Keith Smith says politicians are never gonna solve the heist because they're driving the getaway car. Now remember, 70 to 80% of hospitals are nonprofit, and here's the thing. Nonprofit systems pay no city, county, state, or federal income tax, nor penny in property taxes, sales taxes, zip. They get access to giant pools of cheap money, tax-free bond financing, so they have the very best lawyers and CPAs. They also have the biggest galas locally and employ the finest fundraisers in nonprofit America. And they have the best lobby in America, the AHA, which won a pandemic handout called the Second Marshall Plan, which we now know they did not need. They have that too, the best lobby. So great local citizen wait. They need fire and police protection. They need our army, right? They need garbage pickup and roads repaired and sewer and water. But nope, that's all free. And they're usually major property owner, if not the major owner in every metro 
and a giant user of roads and utilities and infrastructure. But it's all free to them because they're a nonprofit. Now, if you're not chapped by now, you might be. Because do they own a skybox in your local stadium or arena? If you're in a major metro, I'm willing to bet they have a skybox. A few are even bold enough to have naming rights locally, like the Methodist Hospital Soccer Stadium in Houston. Do you know of any other American nonprofits with skyboxes and stadiums? Can you imagine the United Way Arena, the Salvation Army Field? It's quite a sweet racket, these nonprofits. So don't you buy your primary care through them. Dr. Stunt, why should you? Today, I want you to meet Brian Fretwell. Dr. Fretwell has almost 30 years experience in emergency family and oct medicine and a CEO of Direct Primary Care Associates with five clinics and a wholesale pharmacy serving 50 states for any DPC. So this is going to be the third pharmacy we presented, y'all, that is selling generics for pennies a pill. And you are going to remember Script Pro from previous shows, one to four pennies a pill, and then there's DIRX, Direx, same thing. And this is great news for employers and DPCs and consumers. So Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here. And I'm glad that there's been other pharmacy programs on here. I hope that I'm the first one that was driven by an actual DPC provider. Yeah. Well, tell us, first of all, do you have any comments before we get going here? Man, I love your analogy. Is it still a Coke? You know, that is so true. Diet Coke looks like Coke. Dr. Pepper looks like Coke. Man, there's a lot of things that look like Coke, but is it really Coke? I love it. That's great. even. Let's talk about your offering. What drove you to get in the pharmacy business? What a complicated business. You know, it's, it's ridiculously complicated. And we, I believe DPC is simple, but even when you get, get into it, it's not simple, right? Um, just the delivery, the device, you know, how do you explain it to, to potential patients? It, it, it sometimes can get off the rails. For me, it's been, what do DPCs lack? And, and I don't talk about lack in care. I don't talk about, you know, lack in, in preparation of the delivery of the care, but I really saw it as something that we needed as a value add. What our particular uh, direct primary care tends to cater to is more of businesses. Um, we, we contract with a lot of businesses, uh, large and small, to deliver direct primary care in such a way to, to increase access and, and lower cost. And I had a very large employer say, okay, this is great. We're in, no problem, but what can you do about our $7 million pharmacy spend? And really, that was my first foray into it. This was about three years ago. And, and so I just dove headfirst into it. What, what is it that we can do? So for really about the past two and a half years, I've, I've been looking at PBMs and, and all of that really fell into a fee-for-service type of, of model. And what I wanted was to make the biggest effect on that, that spend and there's not a whole lot that you can do about brand name medications. I mean, there's some things that you can do in discount you know, programs, but where can we get the most bang for our buck? And the most bang for the buck is actually in the generic market. So that's where we focus. And again, we tried to do a PBM, a switch type model where, you know, hey, we're going to cover some of these medicines, but not all of these medicines. And we really weren't interested in, dis- in dispensing in-house. We just didn't want the oversight. We didn't want the watchdogs, the, the, the government, yet having any reason to come in and, and say, hey, are we doing something else right? So we really, we just contracted with our local pharmacies to, to cover about 30, 40 medications, but still looking for that way to give our patients access to affordable pharmaceuticals. But we kept falling into this fee-for-service, fee-for-service. 
And I really wanted to, to open it up to a true direct pharmacy model that looks just like direct primary care, and that is population health. Get more people in it, play, pay a flat membership fee. You pay that membership fee, you have access to our medications. And we really just kept digging until we found the right pharmacy with the right licenses, with the right technology, if you will, to, to make that happen. So that's that's a two and a half a two and a half year story and what two minutes? What is the monthly fee to enjoy the benefit? So we wanted to pare this down as, as low as we could possibly go. And what we do is charge six dollars per person per month to have access to around a thousand generic medications. Um, we don't do any controls and we have access to medications that think of chronic medication. So your chronic medications are anything that you can think of that you're going to take on a daily basis. We have those shipped directly to the patient's home. And if, they, if you need an acute medication, something like a antibiotic ointment, eye drop, uh, albuterol inhaler, something that you need right away, you're actually going to be able to go to your local pharmacy with your patient's electronic, or we also mail a plastic card to your patients as well. You can go to the local pharmacy and, and pick those up at any local pharmacy. Now, we really try to drive if we have any influence on the DPCs that we work with. We really try to drive them to the community-based pharmacies because just like drug primary care, you know, we want our patients in those, those local pharmacies and supporting those local pharmacies. But you can, you can pick up our medications at, at any pharmacy. So I'm an employer with, let's say, 1,000 employees, and I have really only 100 that are heavy users of meds, of the generics. Can I just sign up those 100 on your platform? That's a great question. And I follow right back to... I'm a DPC provider too. And so when I have companies say, well, I don't want to pay for everybody. I really just want to pay for the people who go and actually get the care. Can I just, can I just pay for those? Well, then that's not really direct care. Um, that's not direct primary care and that's not our pharmacy program either. Yeah, there's a difference. I know who the medication users are. I don't know who's going to use medical care. Who knows? A wild card. So that's a bad analogy. So you're saying I, I have to sign all 1,000 up on $6 a month, even though maybe only 20% of them are going to break even or make money? Well, that's and that's where the model, we have to have that line in the sand, if you will. Okay. Because when we get more people into our program, the more it will drive the cost down and the more that we can add, more services that we can add in. Yeah. And that's really been our business model at Direct Primary Care Associates is as we get more people in, we add more services into the offering. We, we put more into the direct primary care model so that it's more efficient, that adds more value back to the people. So I do, I do look at it as very, very similar. What is your uh, sweet spot? What size employer are you looking at or what size DPC are you looking at with the number of patients to engage? You with? know, really, I don't want to be exclusive to anybody. Sweet spot is 100 or more. Okay. That's, that's really where, where we make the most, but we really want everybody to use it and, and everybody to add into that pool of people that, that help us again, add in more value. And there's, there's more steps that, you know, will come along, you know, in the future, the more people that use it right now, we're just getting off the ground. We're just launching. And, you know, you mentioned some other folks that are in that space and they're doing great work as well. They're absolutely doing great work, but we, we really hope to be more DPC centric and helping uh, other DPCs deploy our system and us having that experience because we didn't start out with it like this. We had to, we had to transition. 
And so we had an extra cost and we went back to our patients and back to our companies and said, hey, you know, this is baked into our system. This is the system that we use and this is the system that we're going to use moving forward. And while a lot of companies out there and, and a lot of DPCs, uh, you know, have, have gone up on their prices, they haven't gone up on their value offerings. And so we've actually added services to it, but we did have to go up modestly on our price just to cover some of that cost. Yeah. Where are you located right now? Where are your five clinics? We have clinics uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee, down to Dalton, Georgia, okay. pretty much down that I-75 corridor. Tennessee is one of those states with uh, no income tax and very manufacturer friendly. So we have lots of companies uh, along that I-75 corridor that feed a lot of the car industry mm-hmm. and a lot of solar and technology and, and industry as well. So in three to five years, how many patients do you think you'll be taken care of? You know, we're open. We have a target. We would love to be 10% market share, uh, would be very, very modest. You know, in that realm, you know, we, we would like to see 100,000 patients or so being covered on our, our prescription plan. Um, that being a target will lead us into moving the needle more towards discounting medications that we're not able to cover right now, those medications that are more expensive. Uh, and that's, that's what we're talking about, putting money back into the system to add more value back into it for the DPCs to lower the cost of medications, ultimately giving that access to the patients. Yeah. So what is your biggest challenge in growing this? The biggest challenge is the cost. Many that we talk to have one or two responses. Wow, this is great. Let's do this. Or it's just not in the budget for us to get there. And, and, you know, we can't move up on the prices right now because everybody's strapped as it is. And that's, that's really where we've landed. There's not been a whole lot of in between, to be honest. Um, there's not been a whole lot of people like, yeah, let me think about it. Uh, let me figure it out. It, that's really been the challenge is, is the cost. Yeah. You know, because when you add, you add in that $6 per person per month in, in some DPCs, that's, you know, eight, 10% of, of you know, some of their price offerings. Yeah, it's just ridiculous that you have to sell $6 a month. It's almost silly, but I understand. For access to a thousand medications. And that's, it, it's where you focus your energy. If you focus the energy on, hey, this is, this is good for our patients and it's good for our community. It's good for access to care. It's good. It's a good driver to bring patients into our DPC. When I have this offering, I'm standing alone. You know, I'm standing alone in the face of those people who the other primary care, urgent care offerings that are out there that are in those communities, uh, and they're focused more on the cost. So this is going to cost me this, or I've got to ask patients for more money, or, you know, I've got to increase my cost to, to, to cover this cost when, when in reality, the medications that, that we cover and the medications that are on our list represent about 95% of the, the generic medications that are out there. And within mm-hmm. our plan now, when those patients are under our pharmacy plan, it doesn't matter who the prescriber is anymore. It doesn't have to be that DPC provider who prescribes those medicines that are covered or that you get at the discounted rate. Ours are any, any prescriber. So if they see a specialist or they see, you know, if they see endocrinology, if they see pulmonology, if they see cardiology, if they see psychiatry, all of those medicines are on there and it does not matter who prescribes those medicines, they're covered. So you're going after consumers, DPCs, and employers, all three, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And anywhere that we can make a positive impact, impact yeah. that's, that's who we're, that's our target. And we spoke last week, you said that most of your medication bills are in the one to four pennies per pill range. Is that about right? Yes, okay. that is correct. Okay, good. Well, so folks, this is changing the face of pharmacy. There is no PBM needed 
because what benefit are you managing when it's the fill rate is one penny a pill or two pennies a pill? What are you managing? You don't need a manager to give you a benefits statement that month. It's, it's so it's a cutting out the middleman in the best way. What question should I have asked that I didn't ask you, Brian? Hmm, boy, that's a great question. <laughs> that might be the question I should have asked you. Yeah. <laughs> I think the, I, I really think the biggest question is, is why, mm -hmm. you know, really, why is this, why is this important to me? Why is pharmacy important to me? Mm -hmm. It's important to me as a person because I grew up and a lot of people have this story, but I'm just going to share mine real quick. I, I grew up in a, in a family that with, without means and a working single mother that just couldn't afford a whole lot. And we didn't have access to medications. You move that needle forward to where, you know, I started out in community health. I have a passion for really the underserved. And even with all the programs that are out there, even for the underserved and for people, you know, with means, they still, what we're paying for medications is outrageous. Um, what we're paying for copays and deductibles and how that whole system works is outrageous. So my why is, is there's a better way to do it. There's a better way to get people the services that they need, but specifically the pharmacy services in that generic realm. There's a way to get that to people in a better way than what we're doing now. And I believe that there's a way to drive memberships. Since starting this pharmacy program with my own clinics, we've seen a huge increase in, in our number of individuals signing up for our services just to get that. I've had stories from patients that tell me, hey, I was spending more per month on co-pays for my medications that are on your list than what your membership even is. And so oh, we get a lot of those folks. Those, those are our high users and how we offset those costs and how we get more people coverage and care as we offset those costs like what we talked earlier. You're leading perfectly into my very final question. You know, I always ask, but before I ask that, how do people find your pharmacy? We haven't even mentioned the name of the, of the company. Is there a website people can go to? I, I love it. Yes, there is. It's mydpcrx.com. Oh, mydpcrx.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's, um, I wanted a user-friendly name that all DPCs could use, and, and the patients can say, that's, that's my pharmacy. Yeah. If I could fly a banner overhead, you know this is my last question because you've heard the show, but if I could fly a banner overhead, I would say, why not check out DPC? Because 90% have not checked out DPC. They're still... And even if you have a company plan, even if you're covered because you have these giant deductibles and co-pays, you're never going to be able to get through. 80% of the people never burn through their deductibles. So they're burning their own money up. So why not? What would your banner say if you had to fly one overhead? If your copay is more than $1,200 per year, you need to be using DPC. There you go. That's maybe this better way to That's say it. what I was saying. Yeah. Well, Brian, how do people reach you if they want to find you? You personally? Yeah, the best way to find me is is email me, brian at mydpcrx.com. Great. That is the best way. You can email me any questions, any concerns. If you want to learn more about us, uh, go to mydpcrx or email me at brian at mydpcrx.com. Okay, man. Well, I'll be watching you and we'll uh, look forward to celebrating when you hit 100,000, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One Go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.